0: Bad, immoral, and wrong. This
1: is the Modern Eater Show. Piping
0: hot and delicious. The Modern Eater. Food, food, food,
2: food, food. Oh, and,
1: and now your hosts, Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman.
3: All right, why not? We can do this, the Modern Eater Show, live from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. Beautiful day in August here, just barreling through the summer. Brian Freeman off today. Jay Parker alongside of me. The I whole- can't wait till it's cold again. You can't? <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, man. People like you. But then you don't know what seasons are.
0: Uh, well, I
3: mean, I, I do the- and I don't. I mean, I couldn't tell
0: you the order of them. You couldn't? That's but a- I know I can feel mind. when it gets cold, you know. That blows my mind. Mm-hmm.
3: So... Uh, Winter, spring, summer, and fall.
0: Mm-hmm. There's an isn't there
3: autumn somewhere? <laughs> yeah, that's fall.
0: Oh. Yeah. That's well, same difference.
3: Brian Freeman, he's off tonight. Uh, Jay and myself will be driving the show, and this is kind of cool because I like catching up with Jay on the air. We need more Jay time. It's like uh, it's like old times. It is. Yeah. Uh, Dave Avery doing your job. So you're, uh, Dave is you tonight. You're, I'm, you're I'm Brian. I'm Brian. I'm me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you're, you're, Brian's probably inventing some produce right now. He'll be back next week. I'm actually taking a, a strange one week off next week for you, a you, once-a-year concert. You, I you do that, and you have done it in the past. And so uh, it'll be, uh, you know, we'll We'll survive. As the summer dinner series continues, here comes Jake from Brews Beers, delicious Brews Beers in the house now. Um, We are on to the ACF, Colorado Chefs Association Apprenticeship Fundraiser Dinner, which will be coming up uh, Tuesday. Yeah. And that's week seven of the summer dinner series. So we've had six great weeks in a row already, all sold out. We've got a couple of tickets left, summerdinnerseries.com, for the ACF Colorado Chefs Association dinner. And uh, a lot, seven chefs cooking for 30 people. I don't know how you could go wrong with that. The price tag's 80 bucks. Everything included, tax, gratuity. You can't go wrong. Libations. Brews beers. Brews Rocker spirits. Rocker spirits. I mean, you know. And delicious food. Yeah. Um, we've got Chef Michael uh, Pumpon. Poupon.
4: So happy to be here.
3: Hey, how are you? First
4: time in the little <laughs> kitchen here. <laughs> Good
3: to see you here, and uh, chef at the Ritz-Carlton. No big deal. Also, a little,
4: it's for, a little place.
3: Also with uh, Elways as well, right downtown?
4: Really? We got Elways downtown right in our lobby oh, every day. That's
3: fantastic, man. Uh, we got a big show to cover tonight. Amber Strohauer, Strohauer Farms is rejoining us as well. Woo! Brought the potatoes. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Uh, Chef Sam New, she's probably on the way. Uh, Eclat Culinary, Chef Brandon Becker, Sir Kitchen. Chef Christopher Moore, Degree Metropolitan Food and Drink. And then the uh, next hour, Craig Tabor, Local Board Delivery. Looking forward to catching up with Craig because we sat down, had a delicious dinner at uh, Angelo's. Mm-hmm. Had some pot. On 6th Avenue. And um, just got to know his company, and I think you'll find it very unique. Charlie Gottenkini at Brews Beers. And Andrew Moore, Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project, round tonight's show off. That sounds pretty good. That sounds like a good show. In the meantime, and in between time, we'll go uh, uplink to her, as uh, Little Rich would say. We'll do mm. an uplink. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Otherwise, great. my telephone is Colleen Ferreira <laughs> from the Colorado Chefs Association. How are you, Madam Directress?
5: Oh, I'm great. How are you guys doing? The show looks great. I'm I'm on the phone with you, but I'm also watching it online.
3: Oh, cool. Love, love that. Uh, we've got a yeah. uh, nice dinner coming up on Tuesday.
5: And you know what? You guys do this every year. And I just, I, you know, you get more and more impressed every year. The mission of who we are is the mission of who you are, educating our future chefs of Colorado. And you guys get that. And we want the community to understand that too. That's why this dinner is such a great dinner to open up the doors to the entire community and say, hey, you know what? We all know that people need help out there in kitchens. We've been talking about this chef shortage for a couple years now in the Mile High City. And that's what the Colorado Chefs Association is aiming. We're trying to cut that chef shortage. We're trying to educate as many people as we can to join the industry. And I love that, that the modern eater, that the chefs, the ACF chefs that are cooking on Tuesday night, the passion that everyone has for that education piece and for training the future, is just, you know, it warms my heart. And it's, it's going to show on Tuesday night just how amazing it is that people are coming together to support the future.
3: Oh, wow. Can't really say that much better. than Yeah. <laughs> but we talk about the uh, educational component and continuing education. But there's a networking component. And I think the synergy is so great between the Colorado Chefs Association and the Modern Eater. And one of the su- success stories came out this week in Westward Magazine where you see La Patisserie, France, La Patisserie Francaise.
0: Yeah. Yes. I don't really
3: do well with French. Yeah. I think that's what it is. But. <laughs> They, Sadie Russo and her husband, started a new um, restaurant location called Bonbons, and that's actually up near Brews Beers in Midtown and uh, just adjacent to them what uh, two doors down i think mm-hmm. what it is and that relationship when you brought S- uh, sadie into the studio and and these folks just like uh, chef michael here from the ritz carlton that we've met his acquaintance through the colorado chefs association is that that networking component is so integral to what we do as well
5: oh it totally is and even more so for the kids that even I, I call them kids because I just, I love them all. They're all learning, but they're not even kids, but the students, you know, the students need to build that network. And it starts here. It starts with what we're all doing. It's just trying to, it's trying to build that and help that. Uh, so it is, I mean, it, it, it's a family and you've got to support one another. You really have to look out for each other. And I think that's the only way that we all grow together. Don't you think is that we all have each other's back and we all have that common goal that, we just want this industry to be as dynamite as
3: it can be. Oh, my gosh, yes. And the the element, as you've taken the helm um, since the first of the year, the things that you have put into motion and, and your executive team, um, truly none better, and I can't wait to focus in on 2020 to where, uh, boy, I just think it can't be stopped. The momentum is right there.
5: Yeah, I think it is. I, you know, I think – Change is always difficult but it's it's good and we have taken this really strong organization with such rich history i mean the american culinary federation really has given us this you know amazing platform to build off of and every state for people who don't know every state has their local chapter and so the colorado chef association you know the local chapter of the big guy of the big american culinary federation and so we're just so privileged to be connected with such rich historical organization and through them we just we have so many possibilities and I think people are getting excited because the sky's the limit. I mean we're trying to certify our chefs, we're trying to give them as much bonus education hours as they can possibly get just so that they know we're here. We're here to be that platform to build your career, to grow personally, professionally and if you want to take a class in butchery or take a class in pastry. We're the people you can come to just to freshen up your skills or to get that certification and become that first step sous chef, executive chef, and master chef that you're looking for.
3: I'll tell you what, and Jay and I last week during the summer dinner series, we, anytime that Brandon Hart, um, one of the oh, graduating apprentices, right. we have an opportunity to have him in the building, He every time he impresses. And this guy has such a bright future, and now he has the uh, accolades of graduating from the Apprentice Program from the Colorado Chefs Association. His future is bright, and I'll tell you what, some of the skills that he's learned uh, through working with you guys, um, he says that without him, he didn't really know what the future would bring, but it's looking bright for him.
5: And thank you guys for supporting our, our culinary education program. You guys know how much it means to us. The sole focus of why we exist is the mission of education and building that chef to to become the best person and the best chef that they can possibly be. And it's it's just this dinner on Tuesday, I am so looking forward to it to see all these incredibly accomplished chefs in our community who are part of the Chefs Association just out there, you know, supporting the future. And you guys, too, supporting um, what we can be and what we already are.
3: It's uh, 615 in the Mile High City, the voice of Colleen Ferrera, And as we have sh- uh, Chef Michael Pompon here with us from the Ritz-Carlton. You guys have met, obviously, right? Have you guys uh, met?
4: Oh, you know, the only fault. reason I came here, you promised me Colleen was going to be here. <laughs> She's I'm on sorry. the phone.
3: That's half I'm a win, isn't phone. it? <laughs> She'll be here Tuesday night fault. for sure.
6: But to back yeah, up, Colleen's a
4: great partner. She's been critical in finding us the employees for the hotel and getting people in culinary. So, Thank you, thank you so much for the ACF and the Colorado Chefs Association. Everything you've done.
3: It all makes no. sense, Colleen, from the from the chefs to the the organization to the purveyors and and Amber Strohauer here with us from Strohauer Farms with the potato and the potato council. That all of these parts work together as one, and when you kind of have a a uh, s- s- some kind of link missing that, you know, we need to be able to fill all of those links, and I think we do such a good job uh, putting it all together.
5: We do, and if I can, Chef Michael Poonpan right there in your studio is our new program director for our apprenticeship program starting this year. So, Chef Michael, we can't thank you enough for stepping up and for seeing what we can do and for being the future of our students and for being that role model that they all need, and so that's what Makes this dinner even more special is that our new program director for all our students is cooking on Tuesday evening, and he's right there with you tonight. So, thanks. Did you know that,
0: Chef? Oh, okay. I I didn't know if you were just dropping that on him right now, or or if he knew (laughs) going into tonight. Yeah.
4: (laughs) I'm excited. I'm excited to get back in the classroom and be a teacher. I tell Colleen, you know, it's sometimes a little bit hard to stop the operation, do some of the teaching that you love, but be in a classroom and teach the next generation and to make this program drive forward it's an amazing opportunity um, thank you for welcoming me to denver i've uh, well, been here six months and i'm already making strides so.
3: that's fantastic colleen we're going to jump to the next segment but we gotta thank you and we'll see you tuesday night
4: thank you
5: guys for having me on love what you're doing and i'll see you guys on tuesday
3: all right there it is the voice of colleen, Bye, colleen. Colorado Chefs Association, that organization is really heading in the right direction. You can see the pieces of the puzzle coming together as we uh, all unite on Tuesday night, summerdinnerseries.com. And, uh, you know, one of the things about being in the kitchen, we truly broadcast from in the kitchen, Jay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Studio Kitchen Colorado is a, a, a full kitchen. There's some dial tone for you. <laughs> um, live radio. Yeah. What are you? No man is master. No man is master. There you go. But uh, I just sweat. Profusely. Well, now, listen, my,
0: you know, in your defense. Yeah, and I, I'm going to put Amber over here. <laughs> That's right. Amber, you feel I, like
3: sweating for a little while? I'm No. Sta- I'm starting <laughs> to sweat,
0: and I've got about three feet uh, farther oh, away man, from the it's big like green
3: egg. The big green egg. That's, That's how, how you know the right, big green egg is working. Proud souls. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, Amber Strohauer here with us. Strohauer Farms. We're going to talk potatoes. I love this business that they have family-owned and operated in LaSalle, Colorado. And um, the, just really the ethos of this company and and the farming and and how long it's been in their family i think it's uh, worth going over and we're going to do that next right here on the modern eater show on iheartradio
7: choose your path through
3: cyberland
1: don't forget to check us out on instagram and facebook for all the fun photos and videos just search the modern eater or check out the website themoderneater.com
7: so what's the deal with belgian beers why are they so popular Well, for starters, Belgium is a country the size of Maryland that produces more than 800 different beers, the greatest number of original beer styles on the planet, and they are amazing. At Brews Beers, badass Belgian-style beers are our thing, and we do them like no one else. All the classics, like doubles, triples, quads, and wit beers, plus our own Belgian-inspired creations. Sour beers, fruit beers, and wood-aged beers. Brews Beers is at 67th and Pecos in Midtown. We have food trucks daily or bring in whatever you like, including your dog, who is always welcome inside or outside on our large patio. Check us out on social media or on our website at BrewsBeers.com. That's Brews Beers, B-R-U-Z, at 1675 West 67th Avenue, just 10 minutes north of downtown the place to go for badass Belgian-style beers.
3: Hey, it's Greg Hollenbeck. Anymore these days, when I go out to eat, I not only want to eat delicious food and drinks, but I also want to eat where I know my money is going to a local restaurant that I believe in. I believe in The Goods Restaurant on Colfax and Mark Whistler. The Goods is a community restaurant and bar with a menu focusing on vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, and keto options. Comfort food lovers, try the best burger on planet Earth. I love it. Eight ounces of ground grass-fed beef, and never, ever any hormones, antibiotics, or steroids. The Goods is truly a cultural melting pot, a family restaurant open to all. Their bar program is amazing. Saddle up at their long, luxurious bar, have a nice craft beer or a cocktail. Like their Facebook page and stay up on amazing events and specials going on throughout the week. Located on East Colfax, directly connected to the Tattered Cover Bookstore. Across from East High School with free parking and a garage in back. Look them up online, thegoodsrestaurant.com. I'll see you at the goods.
8: Hey, Colorado! This is Brian Freeman, owner of Growers Organic and a host on the Modern Eater Talk Show. Growers Organic is a Colorado sourcing company who provides Colorado's greatest chefs with the best organic produce. I've been partnering with local and regional farms for the last 20 years, and our returning customers know they can count on us over and over again. Chefs who receive the highest rating on Good Food 100 choose Growers Organic for their organic produce needs because we're experts at bridging the gap between the farm and the table. Join us in the organic revolution and Go Organic! with Growers Organic. Look us up online at growersorganic.com.
9: Wear black and eat spices. Hey, Modern Eater listeners, this is Zach from The Spice Guy, Colorado's favorite spice company. Spice is the variety of life. At The Spice Guy, we have a passion for sourcing the best ingredients from the best farmers all over the world. Choose from thousands of different GMO-free spices and ingredients, or let us create and blend custom flavor profiles for whatever style of food it is that you're working with. With over 1,000 restaurants, food brands, and chefs behind us, you can't go wrong when you choose The Spice Guy for all your spice needs. The Spice Guy. Spicy. Born in Breck.
0: Raised in Denver. TheSpiceGuyCo.com.
10: Hey guys, it's Carly Smith, the fairy gut mother here. Don't get too excited. (laughs) Live from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. I love your guts. You're listening to The Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Let's go make some bone broth.
3: All right, we can do that, but we're going to make some potato soup. Why not? <laughs> Greg why are oh, potato potatoes? soup is delicious. Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, Amber Strohauer, joining us. Strohauer Farms, no potato soup.
11: Uh, I feel like why is bone broth? Why is there never potatoes in it? Right. That sounds really good. I know. Yeah.
3: But well, the, I think you should talk to
11: Carly on that because she.
3: She's not opposed to potatoes.
11: No. And she's like the bone broth broth queen.
3: (laughs) Easy for you to say. (laughs) And you're the potato queen. Strohauer Farms. So we talked to, I I think we caught up about a month ago, right? Yeah. And you were on the show and we talked to, I mean, we just skimmed over uh, Strohauer Farms in LaSalle, Colorado. Yeah. Quickly, LaSalle, where is it at?
11: It's about 50 miles north of here. Mm -hmm. So um, super close. We're right outside of Greeley, Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, and town we, of 3,000.
3: Town of 3,000. <laughs> Small town. We need to get up there. We do.
11: You guys should. Can right right now is the far. best time. Can
0: we do a tour where you walk us around and show us where they, uh, you know, dig the potatoes up and we can jump in the hole and play around?
11: Yeah, <laughs> that sounds just right. <laughs>
0: Something like that? Yeah.
11: No, right now it's harvest, so you should. No kidding. It's like the best time. What
0: kind of drive are we looking at? <sighs> Depends From what Denver. you want. S-
11: like, it would take an hour.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. We can do that. Super easy. Yeah.
11: You can take these back... I'll give you back roads, and you go past a pony farm, a bison farm. Nice. The um, What do you call them? Uh, Scottish Highlander cows. Oh, okay. Yeah, they have... Anyways, it's cute. Yeah. That's my drive to work every day.
3: It's goodness elevated, and it's Strohauer Farms. Who's Harry?
11: (laughs) Harry's my dad.
3: Harry's your dad.
11: Yeah. I'll
3: tell you what the Strohauer... So, once upon a time, if you start this as a story, so your dad's (laughs) dad's dad, Ellis Island, right? Yeah. There he is. Look he's, at you. He's coming into the United States and got a love for farming and migrated to, to the West
11: mm-hmm. and
3: wanted to stay into farming. And then, so your dad's dad, what's his, his name?
11: They're both Harry Dean.
3: They're, they're both Harry's. Yeah. yeah. Both Harry's. And um, just continued throughout, but the family has continued on with this legacy farm. And have you always been in LaSalle or were you closer up north? Were you up north
11: more? Or? Yeah. So, no, we've always grown in the same areas. It's just not until my dad um, was farming did we own the ground that we're farming. Mm-hmm. So, so that, like that's why we don't have the Centennial Farm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we've been growing in Greeley, LaSalle since 1901. So So of of potatoes, too. So a lot of people don't realize that area used to be huge for potatoes. You know, people think of an Idaho russet. But really, Colorado, like even when I was a kid, there were about 64-ish potato growers just in northern Colorado. And now it's like us.
3: (laughs) Now it's like you. Yeah. Yeah. And so you narrow that down. So wrap your mind around like 1% of the population in the United States are farmers. (laughs) <laughs> and then you take, bring it down to where she was just talking about kind of the potato belt mm-hmm. in Colorado and then narrow it down to you guys. So it's so integral, that area and keeping just the, the land is good for it, though, right?
11: Yeah. I mean, specifically for potatoes, you want sandy soil. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, you know, some of Colorado is very like compacted and clay like. Yeah. But other than that, you know, that area is still huge for ag. It's just not necessarily huge for produce. But, um, the, you know, you've got JBS yep. there, and we've got Laprino, the mm-hmm. world's largest mozzarella cheese factory.
0: I yeah. was going to say, what's Laprino?
11: There you go. The world's
0: Some largest. Some people
11: use Ascent Protein Powder, and that comes out of Laprino. It's like a popular brand. Interesting. Yeah.
3: Um,
11: Tim Ferriss recommends it. So.
3: The mm. Strohauer Farm itself, and, and I think that this is just values that are passed down through generation, But when you talk about act with integrity, seek excellence, respect others, develop others, Mm -hmm. lead by examples, learn continually, and create a safe workplace for all, be an asset to the community, these are all things that I think all businesses should live by, but it's something that's been instilled within the Strohauer family itself.
11: I feel really lucky because, you know, both my parents work full-time in the farm, and um, they, they really... Live um, by their values mm-hmm. and so from a young age that's always been a part of what I've seen and seen modeled and they work extremely hard <laughs> 24-7 so um, I don't know I see and I feel blessed that you know I get to continue that for them
3: Is that instilled in you to where you'd pass that along from generation to generation?
11: I hope so yeah. I hope we can continue you know there's not that many family farms out there anymore it's um, kind of sad to see that but in some ways it's it's good you know it, it makes it easier for farmers to um, I, I mean it makes it easier for c- consumers to have produce available to them yeah.
3: family farms are difficult and some of the th- when we go around and see family farms that it, you know life happens parents pass away children Their lives have gone in other directions. Some want to stay in farming. Others don't want anything to have to do with it. They want to sell off a portion of what they have. And a lot of turmoil can take place within the family to where the farms just don't make it from generation to generation. To be able to see that and you have a brother and a sister as well.
11: Yeah, uh, both of them are teachers, uh, Mm -hmm. so they're not involved in the farm. Um, Maybe that would change one day, Mm -hmm. you know, it would be awesome, but I'm also... It's up to you. (laughs) I mean, no pressure. I think think farms are a lot like kind of the culinary world because it's probably, in a sense, not the best ROI, but I think there's so much meaning in it and value, and, um, you know, the restaurant industry puts in crazy crazy hours and people don't really have a concept of that and if you own a restaurant you're you rarely ever get to leave and take vacation and that's the same with a farm so your life is structured very different especially in like this millennial culture Mm -hmm. you know for me it's very different with my friends even they can take weekends off and go visit somewhere and that's just not (laughs) something i'm able to do um so you know sometimes you feel a little bit limited in your scope of what you get to see so you try and take the opportunities you can but
3: does anybody live on the farm
11: so i'm like the only one that doesn't
3: you're the only one that <laughs> well, most of
11: our team like lives around like <laughs> the whole farm
3: and you live in denver i live in denver gotcha
11: you got to have you know a connection to what's going on in the in the scene well,
3: yeah uh, that's the,
0: that's, <laughs>
11: that's what i tell my parents
0: but they don't care because they're from a different generation and they're stuck in – and not stuck in a bad place. They're stuck in a good place. And I was going to say, hell of parents to, you know, to, uh, to teachers – yeah you know amber uh, doing the farm stuff and it's like it's almost like when you when you talk about the roi in, in a lot of business well, like what pops into my head is is a sacrifice that your parents make right they you know they're not making millions of dollars doing what they're doing but they love it and even though it's hard it's a life that is more rewarding on the back end of of instilling those those things into the children and, and showing people like you know this is family this is hard work and this is what we do yeah. So I think it's awesome. But it is a sacrifice. You know, some people yeah. could sell to somebody big and make some money and go a different direction. But, it, you know, it's a family.
3: Well, and great that you're back because truly your life could have gone a lot of different directions. As uh, You've you got a degree in human and organizational development um, from Vander, Vanderbilt University and um, had gone on to do some other things. But here you are back in Colorado with your family and the farm. Um, that's a pretty cool thing. But now, you know, we've got to have you stay.
11: <laughs> I plan on staying. I mean, uh, you know, I didn't know when I went off to college and then lived in Nashville, um, my connection to the farm and to Colorado. And so when I finally came back, you just I've a lot of
3: friends that are going to Nashville.
11: Pretty cool, pretty Nashville. Pretty amazing. Is it? Yeah, it's actually like Denver's not that different. But the the nice thing about Nashville is. Um, it's just everything's very close. Mm-hmm. Like, you have a huge downtown area that everyone goes to. Um, but Colorado, to me, is a better vibe. It's very laid back.
0: What know? can you do in Nashville that you can't do here?
11: Mm-hmm. Um, go see live music all the time. I mean, it's like you, you can, can, can even go see to live music no, all you you can't. the time here. You, here, you, you have a lot of EDM, and we've got Red Rocks. Um, but, like, in Nashville, you have every type of music, and it's, it's literally everywhere. It's I'm like pretty
0: sure they only have country music in Nashville. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's Country a thing. Country
11: Christian music. Yeah, that's you know? it. I
0: thought that was it. <laughs> I thought that was See, it. See, what's
11: funny about that is, like, when I w- lived there, I uh, was an intern at an EDM label, really? and like, they used to manage like Blau and Grammatic and like n- those guys before they really blew up.
3: So I never saw this side of Amber coming. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know who
0: Grammatic or glow Glau- it, but I'm a, if they <laughs> blew up, I guess the, they're doing all right. That's so.
3: Right. Kudos to them. Wow. hot! Net. I'm yeah. glad to see you're starting <laughs> to, Well, I have a hat, so it's, absorbi- it's absorbing oh, it. Oh, man. Know? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to take a break. 630 on 630K, our iHeart really, uh, Radio affiliate and uh, Amber Strohauer with us. I want you to stick around because Chef Michael is going to join us and the Ritz-Carlton. One of the things that um, it's an interesting story, but he, he comes from California and he loves agriculture, but he was really looking forward to Colorado Potatoes. I wanna find out why. I mean keep you around. I do too. So uh, (laughs) coming up is Michael Pumpon and uh, the executive chef at the Ritz-Carlton and Elways Downtown. Now normally I don't want I don't ask for anything or hit want to hit what somebody
0: uh, like Amber give me some potatoes or something. But when you hear the Ritz-Carlton and things like that, you want to do a little bit of like, a, hey man, so I don't know with the room if it was discounted or something on a Friday night or you know something oh, at the like that.
3: Yeah, you know, just That's to It's never been you. you I know. Well, I'm not that saying that it's going to so. be me, but I think about it sometimes. All right, coming up Chef Michael Pompon right here on the Modern Eater show on iHeartRadio.
7: Choose your path through
3: Cyberland.
1: Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website, themoderneater.com.
12: Hey pizza lovers, it's your pizza guy here, Jason McGovern with Crush Pizza and Tap right here in Denver, Colorado. With your help, let's make pizza great again. Come into Crush Pizza and Tap for our award-winning pizza, wings, and local beer. But we're serving up three styles of pizza for you to crush. Dig into our Chicago deep dish with sauce on top of the cornmeal crust. And don't forget about our Sicilian, that's right, with cheesy crisp edges and that soft, soft crust. Don't forget about America's Pizza. How could you do that? Crush Pizza and Taps Hand Tossed Pizza will take your taste buds back, back, back to that neighborhood pizzeria you loved as a kid. You like deals? Come in and mention the modern eater and get a buy one, get one free on our hand tossed pizzas any day of the week. Man, that's good. Lastly, don't forget to crush our award winning smoked wings. They're Little Rich approved and loved by everyone. Crush Pizza and Tap's conveniently located at 1200 West 38th Avenue, just minutes from downtown. Come and crush pizza with us. We've been making pizza great again since 2012. It's Crush Pizza and Tap.
3: Listen up, barbecue lovers. Greg Holland back here for Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. Proud Souls is Denver's authority of all things barbecue. Do you rule your neighborhood with the best backyard barbecue? From beginners to pitmasters, Proud Souls has all the equipment you could possibly want. A variety of wood, pellet, and charcoal grills and smokers, award-winning pitmasters and owners of Proud Souls, Dan and Tony, have a passion for barbecue, and it shows. Located on 25th and Federal, Proud Souls retail store is bursting at this seams with your barbecuing essentials, the Spice Guy spices, and superior flavored fuels for your pit like hickory, mesquite, oak, pecan, cherry, apple, peach, maple, grape, and a variety of blends. Hit their website, ProudSoulsBBQ.com, for delicious hands-on barbecue classes and get information on current promotions and deals. For the best in barbecue, locally owned and operated on 25th and Federal, there are guys. Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. That's Proud Souls BBQ dot com.
13: Colleen Ferreira here with the Colorado Chefs Association. You've probably heard the excitement. This year we are creating a stir in the culinary community. This is your personal invitation to join us on our constant culinary adventure. Let us open up our network to you and help you grow professionally. Whether you are a chef, purveyor, brewer, baker, we are here to build your brand, your business, and connect you with Colorado's culinary community. Join us, I'd love to hear from you. Email me, Colleen, at acfcoloradochefs.org.
2: Want to bake the best? With the best. Little Rich here from Rocolitas Tortillas and the Modern Eater. Our wraps fold cold and don't break open, yet they're soft and delicious. What's my secret? Ardent Mills. Organic, ancient, and heirloom grains like quinoa, spelt, and more. Locally headquartered in Denver, Colorado, Ardent Mills provides the industry's broadest range of traditional and organic flours, whole grains, customized blends, and specialty products dedicated to providing the culinary industry with the next grains and unique plant based ingredients. I love Ardent Mills and I know you will too. To bake the best, you must must use the best. Learn more at ArdentMills.com.
14: Yo, yo, what's up? <laughs> this is Justin Brunson. Ultra meat and cheese in Denver Central Market. I'm a meat guy.
7: <laughs> and you're listening to the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. All right,
3: let's do this. We've got to get Amber. He said uh, you're hot. And, uh, I know. Here he's we right- go. Oh, you want Amber back on? Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, Brian Freeman off inventing new produce right now. <laughs> that's right. Why not? Hi, Brian. How are you? He deserves a day off. He's yeah, he's yeah. been he's been yeah, working that's hard. That's right. Uh, next week, you're me, Jay. Yeah. 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 You do a great yeah. job always. Uh, rejoining us is uh, Amber. Amber Showhauer, Showhauer Farms, potatoes. There's a link in here. This could be cool. Chef Michael Pumpan. Hello, and hello. Uh, hey, good to see you, man. Official welcome to Colorado. Thanks so much. This is it, man. You're hyper local. You're in the community now. And we love having you.
4: Yeah, we're finding so many local ingredients. Excited about cooking that Colorado lamb and potatoes on Tuesday.
0: Yes. Ooh. You came out from San Diego, right?
3: From San Diego. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So from one beer city to another beer city.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Amber, you spend any time in San Diego?
11: I love San Diego.
3: I do, too. Yeah. I lived in San Diego for a while. Um a Friars road. And uh fifteen, right by Qualcomm. I lived right there. Above La Mirage. Yep. Were we neighbors? I don't know. I grew up in California and I
0: never <laughs> went to San Diego. <laughs> Did you what? Do? No. Ah, San Diego. I drove through it to go to Mexico as a That's kid, but I was a kid so nothing counts then, you know. And
3: just yeah. uh, you know, you get yeah. the the more what do they call it? The morning uh, burn off or whatever. And then the June gloom. There's all kinds of California terms as far as weather goes, but beautiful climates. Like what's the temperature today? Ah, yesterday's seventy two. Yeah. 72 beautiful degrees. And there you are. You've lived in there, but you've jumped around in the uh, culinary world, right?
4: So all over California. This is the first time out of state in Colorado. So a whole new, whole new journey for us. Weather, agriculture, cooking, everything's a little bit different. So
3: Yeah. You started out um, culinary student?
4: I did. I did a two-year college program at a community college called Cypress College. Nice. I uh, jumped in with a teacher... At uh, Crown Plaza, finally found an internship with the Ritz-Carlton. I've been with them for about 15 years since.
3: But you you took a little, um, y- you jumped to Marriott, didn't you?
4: We're all one family.
3: Oh, are you? Yeah.
11: Okay, I did not know that. I didn't know that.
3: Yeah. secret's out.
11: Yeah. yeah.
3: Interesting. A lot of times when you're with. I knew that.
11: <laughs> of course you did. You, no, I did not. <laughs> no, I didn't know.
3: A lot of times when you're with a, a large company, like, that's hard to move up the ranks, so you have to leave then they figure out yeah. your value and bring you back into a sweet job like You know,
4: the Marriott actually wants people to move around, they we we all hop around, we trade places, keeps things interesting.
0: Keep it moving. When you keep and you you develop new sets of skills too. So if you have to fill in or pop over somewhere, you know, you've done that guy's job, you know, you can jump in, right?
4: Well, especially for me, I try to cook like wherever I'm at. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't have a I don't have a cuisine that I try to bring somewhere. I try to adapt to the place, so
3: So California agriculture, obviously.
4: Amazing, amazing. Yeah,
3: talk about what you love there.
4: So what I love there is the passion of the people, the farmers, getting to know people that grow things, uh, working with them to, you know, hey, I saw this new seed and can you grow a couple fields and let's make it happen together. Um, The adventure of just... We have passion for cooking, right? These farmers have a passion for putting something in the soil, putting some seeds in and seeing what happens. Me, I don't. I, I put some seeds on the ground. I put water... Nothing ever happens. <laughs> I stick to the cooking, and I let I, the farmers do what they do. That sounds like Greg's uh, patio. Uh, hey, uh, man. His yielded, balcony farming. I'm a jalapeno basil.
3: balcony farmer, and I do have five different varieties of basil.
4: Of I'm
0: course. I always say, if you need a jalapeno for the season coming up, Greg's got you under control.
4: Now, now I know where to go. i can
3: give about six of them to you. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's all right. I'm it's six more than me. You know, I, that, I don't, so we'll I make it talk. into the best possible jalapeno dish we can with those six jalapenos. I like so.
3: the. Yeah, I like the. I like your style. You go from California agriculture, and first of all, you spend a little stretch there on which I love is Coronado Island.
4: Oh, that is probably the most beautiful place I've ever worked. Yeah. walked right out of the kitchen, 15 feet, and there's the ocean.
3: Oh wow! How do you beat that? Coronado Island. You 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 never been to San Diego, right? Mm-hmm. Go over the bridge here in Coronado Island and Hotel Coronado, right? Very famous.
4: So that's the other side of the island. And the funny joke is the Marriott's on the side facing the city. So we tell people you can go stay at the Dell, but once it turns dark you don't get to see anything, at least we get a skyline. So.
3: <laughs> yeah. um, side note, flying into San Diego is terrifying. You go right, you go right down like that, or you
4: right into down. downtown. Yeah. This right being in an airplane is
3: terrifying. I don't care where. I'm. That would
4: <laughs> really something freak about you
0: John up. Wayne Airport out in California, and it's like, well, we turn the engines off, yeah. you know, for a few seconds to because we don't want the rich people down there to be disturbed by our aircraft, you know. And then we fire them back up. It's like, yeah, far out, man. Can I fly into John
3: Wayne Airport, please, every day? I love that airport, by the way. <laughs> Jumping from California agriculture to Colorado agriculture, the biggest differences.
4: So the biggest difference, I moved here in the peak of winter. There really wasn't a lot going on. And for a moment, I second-guessed myself. and said, man, where am I at? There's nothing going on here. Uh, We're getting everything
3: from California at that point. (laughs) But
4: as the seasons come, we go to the Union Station Farmer's Market quite a bit. It's a little bit short walk from the hotel. We start to see some great products. uh, Peaches, corn. Um, as all of it comes on board, um, and you really learn a lot about cooking with an ingredient when you can only use it for a short period of time. It's a little bit different in California because you can always find somebody with that ingredient. There's a lot of little microclimates. Most of the things grow year-round. Here, you really got to celebrate. This is peach season. This is corn season. It's tomato season and use those ingredients to the best that they are.
3: Yeah, in that previous interview that you did, you talked about you were excited about some bourbon peach jam from Red Camp or cheeses from Haystack Creamery, and then you called out Colorado Potatoes out of those three. Colorado Potatoes sticks out in your mind?
4: Well, potatoes are the most amazing food on earth, right? They're super versatile. There's so many uses. Everything from, you know, the classic vichy sois, some soup to roasting potatoes, french fries, right? Sounds like Forrest Gump a little bit. Right? <laughs> a little <laughs> bit. Yeah.
3: Well, Michael, here's the thing. And she took us to school last time we were here. I thought there were like three different types of potatoes. <laughs> I, I, actually, I knew there were a lot of varieties of potatoes. But um, j- go ahead. Give, give him a little quiz.
11: A quiz? Yeah,
3: some potato quiz. Did you know that
11: there's I didn't more? Know there was did a quiz? you know there's so more sorry.
0: potassium in potatoes than there are bananas? Did I you did know, know that yeah? I did not. That's that. the only thing I can retain, so I use it every time.
11: It's a good <laughs> one though. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. thanks.
4: How many varieties
3: of potatoes can you name? Hmm.
11: Uh,
4: 30? No,
3: you can't. You, you can't. B- go ahead. Hold on. Here we
13: go. I mean go the, if
3: you do six, I, it's
13: like Wait, a,
11: no, let's let's just have him I brought in some fingerlings. Do you know what types, what varieties
4: I brought in? Oh, man. She even told me before the show. I she set <laughs> me up for this. I'm failing at it.
11: I tried.
3: Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I you just
11: So I'll
4: tell you the funny thing I've learned about farmers. Okay. When they find something they really like, they don't call it what it's really called, they make up a new name. So other farmers so. can't find it. Like, okay. For example.
11: This is funny because, uh, yeah. Like catch Chili. A seed grower, you know, we don't grow our own seed. And a seed grower named this purple fingerling variety this year Magic Molly. So I'm having to sell
3: Magic Magic Molly
11: Molly out of Colorado.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Show's over, everybody. Let's turn the lights down. uh, Let's get the feds in here. Amber and the Magic Molly.
11: Yeah. So you're absolutely right. And that's why there's like probably thousands of potatoes,
3: you know. Chef, let me
0: let me ask you this. So you say out in California obviously the agriculture is a lot different and there's a lot more available on a daily basis, right? And Colorado's seasonal. Do you think because of that, that that chefs get more creative in a city like Denver when it's seasonal per ingredient? So when it's peach season and we go nuts out here for peaches cuz we know they're gone, uh, pretty soon versus California where it's like, you know, I can get peaches whenever I
4: want. Well, I think you just learn to celebrate things a little bit more, right? Now, like that, the, now that the peaches are seasoned, let's turn it into salsa. Let's turn it into jam. Let's eat peaches fresh. Let's do salads with it. Um, and the corn, right? Yeah. Another thousand uses for corn. Um, and I think you just learn to celebrate the ingredients I a little like
3: bit that. more. Yeah, absolutely. Like what
4: I'm interested in as the seasons finish up is – Uh, finding ways to preserve, finding ways to make the seasons last a little bit longer, right? How do we take this corn and do something that we can use in the winter? Um, Different fermentation, different methods of taking things in the next season.
3: Yeah. Uh, When you look at Colorado, and we go on a road trip once a year, and during that road trip, it's it,
4: is that the once a year vacation you're taking next week? <laughs> no, that's
3: not a vacation. Hey man, that's man. Not We're a vacation. working hard during that, visiting a, at least three to four farms a day. Yeah. But through doing that and the loop through Colorado, you go through so many different climates, so much different terrain. So many different uh, ways to be able to utilize that terrain, whether it's ranching or farming or what, what it should be used for. But uh, Coloradans, I really give hats off to where they examine the land that they have and figure out what the best usage of that land would be. And we were talking in the last segment to Amber about, you know, is that a good climate in LaSalle, Colorado for growing potatoes? And a lot of ranching land is out there for, for various reasons, but a lot of it being just the soil itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very interesting climate here in
4: Colorado. And I'm learning a little bit about this side of the mountain, that side of the yeah. mountain, it's a whole different world. Yeah. It you is. know, talking about airplanes, right? you fly into Denver, and I see all the fields. I say, no, you're out there, great produce. I see you. I'm going <laughs> to find, you. Gonna find you. <laughs> <laughs> you.
3: Let's continue this conversation. I love it. We'll get into some more food stuff, but we're doing lamb, and actually the lamb that you're going to be doing on Tuesday night for the dinner, summer dinner series, with the ACF Colorado Chefs Association. Both of these two folks will be here with us. But um, the lamb will be provided by Harper Feeders mm-hmm. in close to Greeley, Colorado. But looking forward to that because when we went up there and visited that ranch, quit looking at the sweat. That's I'm looking right at your right eyeballs, bro. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> you want me to do. I'm just,
0: uh, <laughs> It's hot, man, I and I feel terrible. Do you want to switch <laughs> so no, you can man. watch me it's cook? Three feet <laughs> away? Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> maybe, I'll maybe do it, we'll man. I'll do it. 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 And then take we should take a break. You know, off too. Yeah. We'll take a break and we'll come right back because I want to put some food out on this table and see uh, some of the delicious dishes that we'll be looking forward to. And mm-hmm. uh, this hour going by quick in the next hour.
4: Yeah, I'm not so good at radio, but feeding people. I'm better at that. Let's oh, yeah, get to actually, that part. You're of pretty
3: that, good so. at radio, yeah. too. Uh, we'll come back. And again, Michael Pompon here with us uh, from the Ritz Carlton and Elways downtown. And in the next hour, Sam and Brandon sam uh new she's a friend of the show and brandon brandon becker chris moore these are acf chefs and they just offer so much to this community craig tabor from Local Vore delivery and charlie and andrew um, two of the finest brewers here in town that will be next hour so stick around we'll be right back for in the kitchen right here on the modern eater show on iheart radio
7: choose your path
1: themoderneater.com.
3: Hey, it's Greg Holland back for Gluten-Free Things. Are you intolerant or sensitive to gluten? Or maybe you're a gluten-free lifestyler? Is your menu limited because you've eliminated gluten from your diet? Are you missing the taste of foods that traditionally contain gluten? What if I told you that you can add breads, pizzas, muffins, cakes, cookies, waffles, croissants, English muffins? The list goes on right back to your menu. Gluten-Free Things is a local gluten-free and vegan bakery that reintroduces you to the foods you love. Owner John Irvin believes gluten-free shouldn't taste like the box that it's packaged in. Trust me when I tell you the products from his bakery in Arvada are fresh, flavorful, and masterly crafted, leaving you with a product that tastes like the real thing. Simply delicious. The bakery is located in Arvada on 64th and Sims across the street from Arvada West High School. Check out their website at glutenfreethings.com. You'll be amazed with the variety of gluten-free products they make. And chefs, don't leave your gluten-free restaurant guests without options. Contact John at info at glutenfreethings.com. That's info at glutenfreethings.com to see what he can do for you. Give him a shot. 11651
2: West 64th Avenue in Arvada. It's Gluten-Free Things. Hey, chef friends, it's Little Rich here from Rockalitas Tortillas. Rockalitas, known for hyper-local, innovative, and healthy tortillas and chips. Served by Colorado's top chefs, and that's why we only use Colorado Mills sunflower oil. If you, too, want to serve the healthiest, most vibrant-tasting foods, you must use Colorado Mills. Colorado Mills is hyper-local, Colorado-grown, cold-pressed in Lamar, Colorado. Whether you bake, fry, or saute, get your Colorado Mills today. Available through Shamrock, Growers Organic, and Don Foods. For the best oil in the business, use Colorado Mills. Hey, it's Chef Elon Wenzel, owner of Element Knife Company. If you cook,
3: Okay, back to the show momentarily, but I have to tell you about Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. I talked to Jeff this week, Jay, and Jay, I'll tell you what, Jeff Rourke and his family, him and his wife Kristen Rourke, they are ready to have another baby girl. They are, yeah. I think about two weeks Oh, my God. That has to be wonderful and scary. This is a great family. I'll tell you what. um, Locally owned and operated, A-plus beverage solutions, just doing uh, God's work when it comes to installing tap systems that um, the brewer wants their beer to taste the way they brewed it. And A-plus beverage solutions, that's their sole mission, is to have tap lines that are as efficient as possible, that um, are customized to your needs, and they do custom build-outs. They just got done doing one at Monarch. Mm -hmm. Barnard Casino in Mm Blackhawk. And this build-out is beautiful. So A-plus Beverage Solutions, they also want to maintain your draft lines as well so if you have draft lines and jay you poured a trillion beers
0: man foam is the enemy and that's and that's how you know if you're somewhere working or somewhere seeing and you're seeing a lot of foam come out of the tap that's bad news brother foam is
3: money pouring inefficient beer what are you doing you're pouring your money down the drain do not pour your money down the drain get a hold of jeff work and a plus beverage solutions i'm telling you it's simple as a phone call away he's going to save you money and he's going to make sure that you look great at your bar, restaurant, or brewery, 720-272-3809. Jeff and Kristen Rourke, A-Plus Beverage Solutions, 720-272-3809, it's Jeff Rourke in A-Plus Beverage Solutions.
10: Feed me now!
0: This is the Modern Eater Show.
12: That's right, boy! I'm starving.
0: And now it's time for In the Kitchen.
12: How am I supposed to keep on feeding you? Kill people?
0: Run, you by. Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. Award-winning competition cooks and purveyors of specialty barbecue supplies right here in Denver, Colorado. ProudSoulsBBQ.com.
13: Feed me all
3: night long. Love those dudes from Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. Chef Michael Pompon, he is in the kitchen right now getting together a dish. He's going to come over here in the last couple of minutes of this hour. We're going to show you some delicious lamb that you can have, Jay. Well, you'll have it anyway, but you don't eat. But you'll have it Uh, anyway.
0: I mean, I would like to have it, but you know and
3: I know. I know. We don't eat during these dinners because we're working. We're working hard. And uh, we want to work hard for you on Tuesday night for the ACF Colorado Chefs Association Apprenticeship Fundraiser Dinner. 100% of the proceeds. Seven chefs, uh, three, one, two, four of which are
0: here tonight. And uh, Chef Christopher Moore, Sam New. Can you name the chefs real quick? Yeah, Sam New, Brandon Becker, Christopher Moore, Jesper Janssen, Michael Poupon, and uh, Emma
3: Nemechek and David Lewis. Wow. Yeah. Great chefs. These yeah. And, so, and speaking Look of great this. chefs. Oh, man, there's the oh, lamb. It is. This is something you can have on Tuesday night when you join us. Check it out on Facebook Live right now. Um, Just this is delicious. Chef, throw your headset on there, my friend. He's going to open up some of this lamb for us. And that's what you want a rack of lamb.
0: Wow. And I'll tell you what, man. Lamb is some of my favorite meat. It's got a delicious taste. It really does. And it stands out from, you know, any of the beef, any of the ch- it just It just it, it stands alone. I like that. He had to grab it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well,
3: yeah. Eh. In the headset section. Look at him. All right. There it is. Chef is back. Chef. Here we go. This is uh, one of the offerings that we will have for the main course. Now, we saddled you with the main course on Tuesday night. You're okay with that?
4: That's all good. I tell you, I'm excited to work with this Colorado lamb, Colorado potatoes, get to know everyone.
3: Got the um, the chef on the spot for the main course. And we're going to cut it. Oh, look at that. Jay, I can't. I, man, forget about it.
4: So when I think of lamb, I think of India, and I think of Colorado. So we're going to blend the two. We're going to take Colorado lamb. We're going to do a little bit of an Indian dish. We're gonna roast some of these lamb chops. We're gonna make some curry bray shanks, uh, put it with a little bit of spinach and potatoes.
3: Oh, that's fantastic! Oh my God. Did you use some of the Spice Guy spices there?
4: I found cool? I found this today. I figured you guys would have something in the kitchen. Yep. I took I opened it. I took one smell of it, and I was, I, was it? I knew it was the one.
3: That's so cool. Uh, Zach Johnston is here as well, the Spice Guy himself. Have you ever met the Spice Guy?
4: I just, I, you know, he was helping me cook a little bit, and then he tells me, "Oh, I'm the Spice Guy." So. Yeah,
3: and that's another guy that, um, and and we wanted to introduce you to so many. And I know it's important to you, local products and agriculture. And and one of the things that I wanted to ask you is, we're coming down on time here. Um, but at the Ritz-Carlton, is it difficult to be able to source in local ingredients into it? It our- is
4: not. Is uh, One of our key, if we look at the the whole culinary, is United States really set a goal for local authentic trash. Uh, it's us who as a chef every day to enliven that in our hotels and make it happen. Um, we kind of say, let us let us uh, stay with you. Close your eyes after you leave our hotel. You should remember Colorado. You should remember Denver.
3: That's I like what it. separates the A team from the B team, man. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you what. And uh, just so happy to have met his acquaintance. You'll hear much more from him. But Tuesday night, come join us. Summerdinnerseries.com. Get your tickets. But uh, Chef Michael, Puma, have a little on. bit of this. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. There it is. Second hour. We'll continue next.
7: Ask Alexa to play 630 KHOW on iHeartRadio. Then you can hear John Caldera tomorrow night at 5.
15: Getting 630 KHOW from iHeartRadio.
7: If Denver's talking about it, you'll hear it on 630 KHOW.
8: The following is a paid advertisement. The opinions, viewpoints, and promises made during the following program are not those of KHOW. It's staff, management, or parent company, iHeartMedia, Incorporated.
1: Incorporated. How about a bite to eat? It's time for the second course, hour number two of The Modern Eater.
12: What are you hungry for? Here's to a meal we're all here for. Delicious and tasty. Now we're getting to the good
1: stuff. With your hosts, Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman.
3: Uh, we can do this hour number two of The Modern Eater show live from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. I think the Rolling Stones are playing tonight, right? Uh, they
0: are. Dustin, uh, from, uh, Dustin Evans from Rocker Spirits is up there checking the show out.
3: Rolling Stones? Uh-huh. Oh, he took a night off from. That's Rochester. that's why he's not here. Happy one-year anniversary to them. Or one year, three year. Wow. Mm-hmm. Three years, and their um, whiskey releases are going to be coming out soon. And as uh, that's the voice of Jay Parker, Jay, co-hosting the show here oh, yeah. with me tonight. <laughs> I'm like, where? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm Brian. Brian Freeman inv- inventing some new produce tonight, mm-hmm. somewhere in a bunker underground. That's <laughs> right. I picture him
0: with like uh, with the carrot top,
3: you know, the, not the carrot
0: part, but I picture him wearing that, hiding in a in the field somewhere.
10: Inventing new produce.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: As opposed to That's a an aluminum hat, aluminum <laughs> like head cover.
3: He might. Dave Avery okay. doing uh, Jay's job tonight, and uh, Little Rich doing Little Rich stuff in the Little Rich corner. That's what we've dubbed that the little rich corner I love over it. there. Uh, these guys here—they are all in one room and the microphones right now, and we'll just go on yeah. down the line. Here. Hi, Chef Christopher Moore.
6: Greg, how you doing? Good how to are see you?
3: Great. Chef Sam New. Hello. Chef Brandon Becker. Hola. Uh, still reigning king of the kitchen. That's true. We we need to get that we going have to fire again. Fire that yeah. back up. Yeah, back boy, on. this summer and everybody is just so busy right now, which I think is a great thing. Zach's dropping off. Zach, the spice guy, dropping off some lamb right now. Uh, Adjusting my computer. It's all uh, all in the family tonight here in the kitchen as we ramp up for week seven of the summer dinner series. Three of our esteemed chefs here with us.
10: Esteemed, I like that word.
3: Uh, it's, it's nice word. Truly are. It's a good word. Um, three, as, a, as opposed to senior. Like that. Well, you're the senior esteemed
6: chef. And I think Je- Je- Jesper might be a little older than me. Let's just say he is.
3: <laughs> so the chefs are Jesper Johnson.
0: Jesper Johnson, Chef Christopher Moore, Sam New, Brandon Becker, Emma Nemechek, David Lewis, and Michael Pumpan. Yes. Yeah.
3: That's a seven chefs cooking for 30 people on Tuesday night. And you guys haven't been able to make it for any of the summer dinner series yet.
10: This summer's been bonkers. <laughs> that's been, been ridiculous. So good. That's good. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm not complaining. Yeah,
3: that's
0: right. I
10: would love to come and join a dinner, but, you know.
0: Other things to do. Exactly. You are trying to pay the bills? Is that what you're saying?
10: Yeah, I got you know, adulthood and
0: stuff. Uh, that'll like. happen. I always say uh, at my bartending job, they're like, you still work here? You know,
3: I'm like, well, I show up because so does my mortgage payment, you know.
6: Right.
0: <laughs>
3: You got to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that these guys right now, and, and directing the attention to Brandon Becker with Cirque Kitchen, um, you're you're killing it, man. You're having fun, doing great things with the food truck concept of just continually changing out your, your menu and ingredients to have seasonal uh, cuisines that are worldwide, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah,
16: I love it. Um, our next menu will be coming out in two weeks, and it's focusing on all... Indigenous food from Native Americans here in America. So,
3: where do you start? That was redundant. What are you going to
16: do? Still conceptualizing things right now. Um, Focusing on squash, uh, the Holy Trinity from its culinary term, from way back when that indigenous people used um, peppers, onions, squash, and heritage grains and produce and not produce, uh, proteins that. The natives ate here, so bison, duck, fowls, pheasants, all that kind of fun stuff.
3: Holy cow. Mm. Sounds awesome. What kind of route do you take with the truck? Oh.
16: Uh, well, that, that changes every month. Um, August, we're focusing a lot on Civic Center Eats, uh, Improper City, Levitt Pavilions for some of their concert series, local farmer's markets, um, Cherry Creek, and Stapleton. <laughs> And then the Rhinos Farmer's Market sometimes. We're just all over the place.
3: We'll be at Red Rocks on the 24th. Keep up with you on Facebook. You, you post everything on there to where you can go see. And uh, Samantha New with Eclat Culinary.
10: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, you are doing, you, both of you guys, and your dinners look delicious. But who did we have in here? We had some folks that will be joining us here this next week. And mm-hmm. I think that they're actually fans of you guys. Or you cooked a special dinner for them.
10: yes. Yeah, but so you knocked
3: their socks off.
10: Yeah. So originally they. Uh, I put a gift certificate for a private dinner party. In the ACF um, President's Awards Dinner fundraiser. Oh that's fundraiser. what that was? Oh yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. They were the ones that bid on and won my um, gift certificate. So it, we, you know we did a, a backyard barbecue. We did like a pig roast. Suckling pig roast in their backyard with all kinds of sides. It was ended up being like 30 people. Um, And they loved it and all their friends loved it. And Brandon and I are actually working on launching a, a partnership events company.
3: I knew it was coming. Yeah. <laughs> I knew yeah. it was coming. Yeah, yeah. It had to.
10: Um, we've, we've done one dinner already. It was for the, those guys that we did the, mm-hmm. the pig roast. They insisted. We happened to drop a hint like, oh, this thing's coming yeah. up. They're like, please let us be their first one. <laughs> well, you so, changed
3: their food life. Yeah. Now they can't go back. Yeah. I mean, they're uh-huh. hooked. Yeah. But truly, the, the nuances and the expertise, the culinary expertise and just the ingredients that you guys bring to the table, it, 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 it truly set a standard for them. To where that's what they want to continue to do.
10: I'm so glad that they came in and just. Oh, they
3: were just thrilled that's when I awesome. got to talk to them about it. They were beaming about yeah, uh, just that great. dinner and and how and the to the to the point of one of the guys. Took out his phone and said, Let let me take you down a little memory lane <laughs> of this dinner here. You guys are saying, I was like, Those are our guys right there. Yeah,
10: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Gigi did the photos for us, and yeah, we have a whole so whole good Dropbox folder. Anyway, yeah, it was a 10 course. They paired their own wines with it, and it was a blast. So,
3: so these three chefs are going to be getting together just a couple of nights away. SummerdinnerSeries.com. Mm-hmm, right around the corner. Grab a couple tickets, come join us. It's all inclusive, 80 bucks. of the proceeds go to the apprenticeship program for the Colorado Chefs Association. And you guys have worked with, let's go down the line. Chris, how long have you been with the Colorado Chefs Association?
6: Uh, Going on my seventh year.
3: Seventh year. Mm -hmm. Sam, we met you back, I don't know, time seems much longer. It does. It It it, does. Has it been about a year and a half or a year? I
10: had to renew my ACF membership um, a couple of months ago, so just over a year.
3: And Brandon, have you always been involved? It seems like you're kind of new months. on the team. Six I, months.
10: I dragged him into you it. You did?
3: Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'll
10: tell you what, though. Our chapter that we have here in Denver is extremely active, extremely beneficial, you know, amazing networking opportunities, and we're so, like, progressive, and there's there's great things coming out of this chapter, um, which, I mean, I've been in a part of the ACF in different areas before, and it was nothing like what we have here in Denver.
0: Master Chef uh, was at Kermit, I think Kermit Krantz, when we were up at the Broadmoor when we did an interview with him. And he was like, and he's messed around with ACF all over the country. Yeah. And he said nobody's doing it like truly like right, Colorado right, right. and Denver I mean, specifically.
10: Yeah, exactly. Each chapter is independently run. So it's totally up to the, the leadership mm-hmm. in that area to make it amazing. And, and,
3: and, and what's not interesting. Not everybody does.
10: We, it, we're we definitely making it amazing.
3: Yeah. And, I, yeah, and I feel like it's just getting going. Mm-hmm feel like it's just the tip of the iceberg
6: not not only that but we're the only chapter in the nation that runs their own apprenticeship program so we chefs from our chapter actually teach the courses I taught second year apprenticeship last year Um, Danny Flanagan who's been on the show a couple times he he taught it for he co-taught it with me and he taught it for three years so all the other chapters across the country are usually partnered with a culinary school to where they actually go to a lab and they're taught by someone who teaches at that at that culinary school? Not an ACF chef. So we're we're the only only chapter in the nation that runs our own apprenticeship, which is uh, we're just fostering and growing our, our trade and our craft. You know, by bringing up the next next uh, generation of chefs.
10: Yeah, for sure. I mean, if we want quality cooks to, to work for us later and, and right. maintain the standards in our kitchen and and push the push the um, industry forward, then we need people that are well trained and well educated. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: We, and we talk about, um, you know, work, life balance, mm-hmm. you know, type of thing. And more and more, that's on the forefront of people's minds. And I think the Colorado Chefs Association is taking that more seriously. And you look at chefs like you guys where you come in and you say, listen, we do that on a daily basis. We're trying to figure this out as we're going along. And um, so for you two, and, and Sam and Brandon, you guys make me sick because you've, falling in love and you get living together now and and just two chefs that are very like-minded and what you want to do but just creating these culinary dishes that are it seems like you guys are in the zone right now
10: we are i mean i think the the biggest benefit is that we balance each other out so well so i mean he has michelin training i have uh, you know production and off-site training and our our skills and our weaknesses really balance each other out so if you put us together we're like a super chef are
3: you guys bringing the heat on tuesday of course we are yeah
10: that's course. a silly question.
16: I'm the king of the kitchen. <laughs> to
3: you. you are the king of the kitchen, and you'll get the accolades for that.
10: Slim margin.
3: <laughs> Very slim margin. Boy, that was quite the fun battle. I'm not letting Eight that points.
10: Go. <laughs> we
3: need a rematch on that. Maybe that's what we do. We come back with the rematch. Hey, man, right? we're just waiting yeah. on the word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you guys are busy, I know. It. Okay, Chris, what what kind of heat are you bringing on Tuesday? I'm
6: night? rolling first courses. I'm doing all Colorado products, obviously. Um, I'm paired with uh, Jesper, mm-hmm. Jesper Jonsson. So uh, we're doing. We're actually using some gluten-free, John John Irvin's gluten-free things, and uh, doing using some of his products in the first course with some grilled peaches. Um, we got some awesome products from from Brian with Growers Organic and uh,
0: Rome sausage. And
6: Rome, Rome sausage is our second course, so yeah. not trying to go real heavy, but very summer-like, um, small bites, because we don't want everyone to get to their to the you know the third and fourth course right. and be like, oh my gosh, I'm stuffed. Mm-hmm. Totally. So. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be good, fun, uh, end of summer type of, type of food. That's what we're doing.
0: Here's what's ironic is I'm super excited for the dinner on Tuesday. And as I hear the chefs talk about their core, I'm like, that is delicious. And I and I, mentally I'm eating it. Yeah. And then during the dinner, we won't, we won't eat anything, won't, you know. You know?
10: Yeah.
0: That, but it's just ironic. As you describe, you I'm like, oh, I'm going to eat. <laughs> yeah, that's Sam right. Sam and
3: Brandon, what kind of heat are you
0: bringing? Go for it. Um, uh,
16: we're making a chicken chicken watermelon margarita. Say what? <laughs> Come again? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not,
10: not a drink, but <laughs> not a, a dish. Drink. Uh, inf- or uh, what's yeah. Not info I read the description. Is kind of what of
16: we dishes. do with our partnership company. It's called AvantGarde, by the way. Um, AvantGarde and Vanguard combined. Um, but what we do is we take the bases of a dish, and we're like, what's in a margarita? And we break that down. And we're like, well, we have to work with chicken. So how can we make a chicken and a margarita work together with nice, light summer flavors? Um.
3: Do you have a feeling this is like pillow talk to them? That they <laughs> well, just, at night point. it's like, no, wait, we you want to deconstruct a yeah, margarita? Yeah, love, I would.
0: At some point. <laughs> Do you?
10: Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, let's not talk about <laughs> work anymore. We're <laughs> You done just the planted <laughs>
0: the weirdest thing in my <laughs> head, man. Because then I started thinking about, <laughs> yeah. well, I wonder what the pillow talk's like, you know. And it's like a, asparagus or something. I don't even yeah. know. Maybe. Blazing pans, all that fun
16: stuff.
14: Yeah, yeah, that's right.
0: But so
16: basically we're working with, um, we'll just give you the base rundown of things. Uh, chicken, agave, watermelon, z- squash, or zucchini, carrots. sorry, carrots, lime, jalapeno,
0: cilantro. It'll be fire. I got the closest in circumference to carrots versus squash okay. because that was in the description.
10: It's I, I want to make I'm fun, fun. I'm
0: I know, I'm sure a there's a the reason. Net. No, I know, <laughs> but I wanted to make fun of her a little bit or whoever wrote it. Because when I saw it, I'm like, well what am I supposed to tell growers with this? <laughs> you gotta walk around in the box and go like, hey, what do you think? What do you think? okay that
3: makes it, you know? What do you think? What do you think? Okay, that makes it <laughs> But I'm excited to see it. I am, too. Uh, none better. They'll be here Tuesday night showing off their culinary skills. And, chefs, I am so looking forward to Tuesday night. It's going to be a good Me time. Me, too. It'll be fun-sided. I like playing around with my tweezers again. <laughs> Chef Brandon Becker, <laughs> Chef Sam New, and Chef Christopher Moore. We'll see you Tuesday night, guys.
6: See you then. All right, thanks, gorgeous. you guys. There
3: they are. Okay, let's take a break, and we'll come back. Uh, in a little rich corner, he's got uh, Chef Pompon with him. Uh, I can't wait to hear what they're going to be talking about there. But in the meantime and in between time, we met a cool brand new business. And uh, Craig Tabor is going to come up from local delivery next on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Choose your path through Cyberland.
1: Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search the Modern Eater or check out the website, themoderneater.com.
0: locally. Hey, you guys. Jay Parker here for Encore Energy. How much are you paying for your natural gas? Wouldn't you like to save 10 to 20% on your natural gas bill? Of course you would. You're not crazy. Encore Energy and Brian Rizzuto can do just that. Save you money. Give Brian a call. 720-245-5771. Maybe you own a restaurant or a brewery and use a ton of natural gas. This is how you save money. Get a free savings review from Brian Rizzuto and Encore Energy. Call Brian at 720-245-5771. Save 10 to 20% on your natural gas bill right now. Rocker Spirits. It's a distillery. It's a place to hang. It's about quality. It's about
1: taste. It's about passion. Infused with American spirit, rocker whiskey, rocker rum, rocker vodka. Get ready for an original look, feel, and experience. Old Town Littleton. And if you get hungry while you're sipping on some drinks, they've got the best food truck line in town. Open Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. RockerSpirits.com. RockerSpirits.com.
13: My name's Chef
16: Keegan Gerhardt owner of D Bar, and you're listening to the Modern Eater on iHeartRadio.
3: All right, let's go. Here we are back at it, the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. As our new guest joins us right now, and Craig Tabor, Locavore Delivery. It's good to have Craig on the show. We've been meaning to catch up. He came by and he saw the kitchen last week. But, Craig, uh, official welcome to the Modern Eater Show. How are you? Thank you so much, and thanks so much for having me. Man, uh, it was a good time. So we sat down, and I just want to get to know people's businesses. And I said, hey, Craig, will you go out to lunch with Jay and I? Uh, said, okay, just name the spot. We said, let's go to Angelo's on 6th Avenue. We went to Angelo's. We shared a kitchen sink pizza. Just, you know, shot the breeze over pizza and talked about business and, and relationships. And here's locavore delivery. We love what you do. And so many of the agricultural purveyors, uh, ranchers in particular, that if it wasn't for you, guys like you and what you do, some of their stuff wouldn't even hit the market. And I think that that's an extraordinary service that you do, not only to them, but the end consumer that are getting the best and the best from your sourcing. So where do we begin with Locavore? Talk about the business.
14: Well, to build on what you just said, you know, I think that we're all in a local food shed. I think that there's, um, you know, the stakeholders are the uh, producers, the the eaters, um, and then there's the people that bring it in between the two of those, you know, and then there's the community as a whole. And I created this company six years ago to serve all of those people. I don't think that um, somebody has to win and somebody has to lose in order for a business to do well. And so we like to think that we benefit our community and our, essentially all the stakeholders in the food shed. So we offer um, a locally sourced. Can, can I double yeah. it before you do okay, that, yeah, because totally. what strikes me is
3: that not only that, but you you bring all of that, that ethos of your company from a family-owned and offer, operated business that you're doing a lot internally for the folks that are working for you and uh, your family and what you're doing out of a – and I'll let you talk about it because I think the story is very unique – But it means a lot from a family-owned and operated business to the um, purveyors in agriculture to the end consumers that appreciate these types of things. But that chain is full circle,
14: and you put it together so well. Yeah. So to be in integrity with who we are as part of this food shed, um, you know, we treat our employees the same way as we treat uh, members of my family or even any of our producers. You know, I see us all as one kind of, um, you know, we're all in this together type thing. And so I think everybody wins. You know, my employees are treated very well, and I think they're all pretty happy. You know, would have to talk to them, but I'm pretty sure they're all pretty stoked. <laughs> and um, and it's taken a while to get there. You know, it's not like, um, you know, I started this company. It was just me in my garage. Um, and I just wanted to, um, you know, I actually went out and bought a cow on Craigslist because I was so pissed off about trying to go yeah. to the store and spend my whole paycheck on food and so i went on craigslist i'd never bought a cow before and i went on craigslist and i bought a cow and i this guy must have seen not a lot of people can say that i don't know (laughs) i mean this guy must have seen me coming from a mile away because i got i think i got like this beat up old dairy cow and the meat was terrible yeah yeah and i was like which i guess somebody had to buy that cow right and i was in that day i was that guy. guy And I was like, there has got to be a better way. So bless their heart, my friends and my community bought that cow from me, and I don't know if they ate it or what they did with it, but they, um, you know, they encouraged me to kind of keep going, and so I learned how to buy livestock, and I learned how to um, you know, and just started developing relationships with ranchers that had integrity and wouldn't give me some beautiful dairy cow that, yeah. you know, and like people that are just doing things in a good way. And you'd go visit and you would check out what they're doing and you would look at the
3: animals and you would see their ranches and all and of continue it. continue yep. that mis- mission um, throughout Colorado and our neighbors as well. Just adjoining neighbors, yep. which I, I think that there's a lot of value in just having that kind of neighbor feeling of what you're doing. But as you grew from that garage business right into what you are today six years later and subscription-based which you can mm-hmm. go to your website which is locavordelivery.com yes yep and you're at locavordelivery.com i'll tell you what your website's amazing the stories that you can read about uh, the purveyors of this, these great um, meats and ingredients that you can get it's very well thought out but you can tell you put a lot of effort into just finding the best of the
14: best Totally. I mean, that's, um, you know, that's what really lights me up at the end of the day is finding producers that get are are just super like doing what they love. You know, I like to surround myself with people that are doing what they love. Like, I love what I do. Mm -hmm. I want the people around me to love what they do. And these ranchers, some of them are just so fired up about their stuff. And, you know, I get to learn so much and just be around passionate people, which is super cool. And in turn, our customers are also super passionate like we have customers you know I'm, I'm super accessible my customers all have my cell phone number and they call me I get more text messages of meat on the weekends than most people ever probably get in their whole life like i'll get a, a picture of a steak from one of my customers like oh what should i do with yeah. this or whatever and so, i love that craig Tabor joining us from locavore delivery he sources gray
3: colorado um f- meats and there's other things in there too as well that you can get with these boxes but you look at the delivery and you look at their website and, and um, the products that they will br- bring to the end consumer I think I'm your end consumer. I care about what I eat. I care about the stories. It just makes the food taste that much much more delicious to me. But tell me who
14: your consumer is. Boy, we have such a... I've got like a few people that just popped into my head, you know, just like some of our consumers. We have, um, you know, we have young people who live in high rises in Denver that are just super conscious about what they eat and they do a lot of meal prep or um, we have a lot of CrossFit athletes. A lot of CrossFit athletes that eat a lot of meat, and they just are really conscious about what goes into their body. A um, ton of families. New moms are really big for us. Um, and just people that give a damn about their yeah. food. You know? It's like and know? food. It's yeah. like, I want to eat food again. Right. right? Exactly. Once yep. people have it, like the meat actually sells itself. Mm-hmm. It really does. Like People eat it, and they're like, I got it. Okay, cool.
3: What, what are some of the uh, obstacles that you face? Uh, and and I'll just throw out one just to begin the conversation. Obstacles you face with working with some of these ranchers to where you do that so well. Like, I want you to continue to be in the pastures. I want you to continue develop, to develop your herd. I want you to continue to care for the cattle or, or pigs or what have you. Uh, that it's a very interesting proposition where you go in and say, let me relieve you of this portion. Let me relieve you of bringing this to market so you can concentrate on what you do best, which I think is that conundrum with a lot of these farmers and ranchers is, that's not my business. And so taking that burden on for you and local delivery, I think it, it, it's a pretty cumbersome task, but I think you're up for it and, and you do it very well. But I would think that that would be kind of a, a difficult obstacle to overcome to work directly and, and make sure you're doing the best service that you can for their ranches.
14: Yeah, it has, um, and it, you know, it has some nuances to it and we've learned a lot along the way. I think, um, you know, before this, I led a manufacturing company for eight years and so I was used to things being very consistent. And in ranching, like every one of our ranch relationships is completely different. Their, their cash flow cycles are different. Their pasture cycles are different. Their, the supply is all different. Like everything's different yes. all the time. And we need to be able to adapt to that in real time um, and then still deliver a somehow a consistent product to our customers, sure. yeah. <laughs> which is kind of the funny part about the yeah. whole thing. But it's great. Your um, you box know, is scheduled to come to you. Right. There's got to be something in it. Something good in it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And like that's where we, you know, that's how uh-huh. we build value. Like that's the value that we add, right yeah, absolutely. there. Absolutely. You know, it is. So. Um, here's what I'm excited
3: about. There's a um, potential partnership with us in Localvore and what we want to do is uh, one of the things that excited me the most about our meeting was your. Um, Your ability to maneuver and to learn and to grow in different ways. And I think that with the Modern Eater and what we do coming across so many great purveyors is that you're open to conversations about, wow, that's a good product. Maybe that's something that we can bring to market through our delivery channels. Of that, so I think that there are great opportunities for us to work together to not only take the core products that you have right now, but to build on that portfolio and bring some different products um, to the end consumer, which is great through a delivery process
14: which is so easy at LocalvoreDeliveries.com. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we're excited about the future and all that it brings, and you know, um. And then if I could real quickly, this just happened today, but it's something that we're super fired up about. Um, You know, we do a lot with like boutique processors Uh um, and boutique farms. And we just found a farm on the Western Slope that is selling us 12 completely fruit-fed Cooney Cooney pigs for um, sale to our customers. Wow. So they've only ever eaten fruit for 18 months. And so a grocery store wouldn't know what to do with 12 pigs. It's just not enough to create SKUs and deal with it or right. whatever, but for us and our customers, yeah. it is the perfect fit. Yeah, you have a one-off a product. Right. That so, like, four or five times a year, we get stuff like this. Like, we'll get an eight-year-old Angus cow that we get to sell, and it's this, like, beautiful boutique, super unique kind of stuff. And that's one of the things, you know, to speak to your point about being a small company and being flexible and nimble, is that we're able to offer these, like, really cool stuff that just gets me all fired up. What do you think? We
3: find some cool stuff and we bring it to market for folks that would normally not have those avenues of dissemination?
14: That's why we're here.
3: Ah, let's do
6: it,
14: man. There he is,
3: Craig
6: Tabor. Hey, thanks so much for having Um, us. We're
3: going to have him back a lot of times. This is my favorite part
0: of the show is guys like Craig that that come on and talk about and how passionate they are. And then that's the difference, man, between one business to the next and how you're treated is, is you go, you have to follow the ladder up to the top and whoever's at the top, if they care about what they're doing, then that trickles down to every other aspect of it and too many times, you know, there's a lot of businesses out there where that's not the case, you know, and, and, and crap trickles down from the
3: top. I promise you, these are the types of guys you want to do business with Mm -hmm. because not only are you making a difference with him, his employees, his family but the uh, end consumer and the um, purveyors of these great products that he gets together and delivers for you on a uh, very consistent basis. I want to be one of the end consumers. I'm going to go through the process. I'm going to set up an account on localboarddelivery.com and um, get some stuff sent to me at my house. But uh, I really, really believe in what you're doing, and I can't wait to see what the future holds.
14: Thank you so much, and thanks so much for having me on and Great. for the awesome show. Greg Daber. Awesome. Board Delivery, you'll hear so much more from him. And um, we're going to come up next
3: with a couple of the brewers that we love so much. And the Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project has had some changes. In uh, what they're doing, and actually there's a rebranding and a new name coming up, and then brew beers, brews beers, which is doing, they're doing some expansion work, and uh, we can't wait to give some of these announcements when we come back next on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio.
7: Choose your path through Cyberland.
1: Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search the Modern Eater, or check out the website. TheModernEater.com.
15: Hey guys, Chris Johnson here, owner of Rome Sausage, your hyper-local source for all things sausage awesomeness. My family is proud to carry on the fine traditions of Rome's founder, Jerry Rome, by producing a variety of amazing sausage in small batches with an eye on quality, not quantity. Every batch is made here in the great state of Colorado by hand, mixing spices, utilizing lean cuts of pork to make an outstanding product. Sourcing ingredients and materials locally, we are committed to supporting local vendors, chefs, restaurants, and the entire Colorado food scene. Getting hungry yet? Brats, Italian, breakfast, hot Polish, green chili, chicken apple, and the world's best chorizo. You can source all of our sausage through a variety of food service distributors. If your distributor doesn't carry it, call us. We'll come direct. You want a custom item? We'll do that too. Samples, and of course, sausage jokes, can be had by contacting me directly at Chris at Romesausage.com or by phone at 303-296-7663. The Modern Eater loves Rome Sausage, and I know you will too. Wear
9: black and eat spices. Hey Modern Eater listeners, this is Zach from The Spice Guy, Colorado's favorite spice company. Spice is the variety of life. At the Spice Guy, we have a passion for sourcing the best ingredients from the best farmers all over the world. Choose from thousands of different GMO-free spices and ingredients. Or let us create and blend custom flavor profiles for whatever style of food it is that you're working with. With over 1,000 restaurants, food brands, and chefs behind us, you can't go wrong when you choose The Spice Guy for all your spice needs. The Spice Guy. Spicy. Born in Breck,
0: raised in Denver. The
13: Hey everyone, it's Colleen Ferreira with the Colorado Chefs Association. Are you ready to put your passion to work? Well, we train the future chefs of Colorado and we want you to join us. The Colorado Chefs Association is recruiting for our fall semester right now. Join our American Culinary Federation accredited cooking program. Work in a professional kitchen and get paid all while earning your sous chef certification. Email me at Colleen at acfcoloradochefs.org. I'd love to hear from you. Join our excitement and explore a new future.
18: Hey, this is Brother Luck from Colorado Springs. All right, you ready? <laughs> Owner of
3: 4 by Brother Luck and Lucky Dumplings. I mean, he's he's a very, very impressive man. And you're rocking with the Modern Eater show on iHeartRadio.
2: And delicious. What's my secret? Ardent Mills. Organic, ancient, and heirloom grains like quinoa, spelt, and more. Locally headquartered in Denver, Colorado, Ardent Mills provides the industry's broadest range of traditional and organic flours, whole grains, customized blends, and specialty products, dedicated to providing the culinary industry with the next grains and unique plant based ingredients. I love Ardent Mills, and I know you will too. To bake the best, you must use the best. Learn more at ArdentMills.com.
8: Hey, Colorado. This is Brian Freeman, owner of Growers Organic and a host on the modern eater talk show growers organic is a colorado sourcing company who provides colorado's greatest chefs with the best organic produce i've been partnering with local and regional farms for the last 20 years and our returning customers know they can count on us over and over again chefs who receive the highest rating on good food 100 choose growers organic for their organic produce needs because we're experts at bridging the gap between the farm and the table join us in the organic revolution and go organic with growers organic look us up online at growersorganic.com
3: Hey, this is Brother Luck from Colorado Springs. All right, you ready? <laughs> Owner of 4 by Brother Luck and Lucky Dumplings. I mean, he's, he's a very, very impressive man. And you're rocking with the Modern Eater show on iHeartRadio. All right, we'll figure it out around here. we got a lot of moving parts. And uh, back to the show right now. And this is a cool one because uh, Jay Parker. Yes.
0: Oh, you want me to do it? Go hosting right now. Oh, oh do what? Man. No, I thought you were going to say, tell me who they are. Oh, do you know who they are? Well, I mean, I know who they are, but I'm also here with you. Yes. Yes. Who are they? I don't know these guys. (laughs) Charlie Kenny from Brews Beers and Andrew Moore from Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. Two of our favorites, coincidentally sponsors, but that has nothing to do with it. So, fellas... So, Jay. Char- <laughs> Charlie Bruce, Charlie Kinney and Bruce Beers is going to be part of the Summer Dinner Series on Tuesday. We are. With Rocker Spirits. Intrepid, you guys did, I think, the first dinner, the very didn't first you? One, yes. You did the very first one, and you did all eight from last year. So, yes. no stranger to the Ooh, Summer Dinner Series. eight.
3: That must have been a strain. <laughs> that was so I mean, strange. It, was a, it was a lot of work, but it was a ton of fun. Yeah, we got a couple of segments to catch up with these guys, but I think it's really interesting because both have big announcements that are going on right now. Um, some a little more salacious than the next, and we'll start with the salacious one And that uh, Andrew Moore, Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project, big changes that are going on right now at the brewery. Can you uh, give us a little insight?
18: Uh, yeah, so we have, we're sort of transitioning to focus exclusively on distribution for a while. So our uh, if someone is looking for a turnkey brewery, we're, our current location is on the market. Uh, we are rebranding. Uh, we're very excited we it's a uh, same beers uh e- new name that focuses on travel we sort of we sat down and we said you know what this brand is really all about travel we want people to go to these places to experience the places that are inspire our beers and we think we can do that more efficiently than with the intrepid sojourner beer project so <laughs> next stop Bruco, uh october 1st will be next stop brewco at the great american beer festival and uh, we'll hopefully be launching cans under that label right around the same time.
3: Really? Wow, yeah. moving fast.
18: Well, we've been moving for a while. We've been, uh, we'll be contract brewing for our cans, and we've been um, out on the market talking to many different breweries who are interested in contract brewing um, for several months.
3: Now, I have so many questions, and Charlie, you can jump in. Any questions that you have, I'd love, because coming from owning a brewery and a beer guy yourself and a brewer that, um, yeah, I think you can add a lot to this conversation. Mm-hmm. So you, it's kind of overwhelming a little bit. Yes. And obviously, very tight-lipped because I consider myself a friend. This is, I read about it in Westward.
18: Yeah, well, That's where I got it
3: from. I mean, yeah. this was something that hadn't been talked about a lot, so on and so forth, but I knew that when I saw Next Stop, I was like, these guys are genius, because not only is it the next stop as far as travels, right, tying in the name with travels, but kind of the next stop of what Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project had provided for us with the beer project itself. So it's almost like you guys have had this master plan since day one.
18: Yeah, I'd love to say that was 100% true. We have always wanted to go the distribution route. We have always wanted to get our beers, uh, in cans in Colorado and elsewhere. Um, and so that's always been part of the plan. And, and just like you said, beer project right? the taproom, it's been a wonderful place to sort of experiment and dial in recipes and see what works and, and, and see what doesn't. And, uh, so it's time for our next step. Um, and this is it. And, you know, it's important. I think, you know, the I'm sure Charlie knows this too, but the the brewery market is changing a lot, right? Uh We're sort of transitioning, I think. Very
7: rapidly. Very,
18: very rapidly from an emerging market to a mature market, and we're going to see some, I think, different business plans. And it was important for us to get out in front of it and say, hey, we're not going anywhere. It's the same beer that you like. Um, It's the same beer that's available all over town, uh, which just in a little different package.
3: Everybody's heard the term water finds its own level, but it looks like beer is finding its own level right now here in Colorado. Um, truly, but the que- another question that's rolling around in my head. So where will you be doing production?
18: Um, so we're still finalizing our contract brewing. Um, so I can tell you more when all that happens. But in September for Colorado, we'll start brewing with 105 West uh, Brewing Company on Castle Rock. Um, and we'll be launching cans, most likely our Kolsch. It's a lemongrass and ginger Kolsch. It'll be Bangkok Kolsch, so next stop, Bangkok. And we just finalized the can designs and the logo and we're we're getting really excited.
0: Wow.
7: I want some of that.
18: Yeah.
0: Charlie, what do you think when you hear that kind of talk, you know, and 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 explain to people that don't know how the beer climate is changing in Colorado?
7: Well, I mean, you've got a lot of breweries in this state. You know, over 500 breweries either either built or in planning or under construction. There's what about 150 in the Denver area.
4: Yeah,
18: at least. You know.
7: So the market's tightening up. I mean, you have to you have to really have a niche, and you know our niche is Belgian style beers, but uh, you know uh, Andrew's niche is, is quite a bit different and lends itself, I think, to you know the model he's described with distribution and all. So right, um, we're we're taking a little bit different yeah. tack, and we're we're going with more tap rooms. So I was uh, going to say you just yeah, put a new Charlie, jump
3: in. in on that. So uh, yeah, here so. it is.
7: So we decided, uh, you know, that uh, the most lucrative and and best suited to our talents uh, um, approach uh, from a business standpoint was to go with additional tap rooms, and you're seeing a lot of that. You know, Odell's is opening up tap rooms all over Denver, New Belgium, Oscar Blues has been doing it for some time, and it seems to be the model that a lot of people would rather sell beer by the glass over the bar than... You know, uh, focus more on distribution and stuff, which can sometimes be pretty capital intensive. So.
3: So that's a satellite tap room that you're opening up. It is. Up, yeah, we won't be
7: actually making any beer there.
3: Colfax and Josephine.
7: Yeah. Huh.
3: And I've seen the space. I haven't seen it since it's, built.
7: it's actually York. So Josephine's. Is it York? Headed okay. north, and and uh, York head south.
3: Good, good correction. Um, so that particular place will just be pouring beer, right? Mm-hmm. No production. Right. I haven't seen the inside yet. You're doing the build-out now? Yes. When are you going to be ready?
7: Well, (laughs) that's the big question. So that kind of depends on the city and county of Denver as to when we'll be opening. But we expect to have construction finished probably in the next month. So
3: this urban beer garden will be crazy.
7: Yeah. We have a big, huge patio that's just really wonderful. And uh, it's going to be nice inside. And we're going to have... you know, uh, not only a mirror of our beers that we have at our Midtown location, but we'll also be uh, having some specialized beers that will just be for that location. So,
3: I want to talk about uh, beers. The Great American Beer Festival is coming up, has the shine where worn off the apple. Um, what are we looking at as far as the brewing community? Here's two great Colorado brands, Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project, um, now next stop. When, will Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project go to ground?
18: Uh Yes, basically. So I mean the tap room as as long as the tap room will continue to function as normal, normal hours, we'll be doing all new Friday beer releases every week. Um but once the once we're no longer uh, in the taproom business for now, then, yeah, it'll go away. Uh, but as long as it's there, it'll be the Intrepid
3: Sojourner Beer Project. And next stop.
18: Next stop will, will be, be yeah, stop. everything in cans and, and kegs and everything you'll see around the city starting October 1st will be next stop. Oh, I can't yeah. wait
3: to see that. That is it'll so exciting. Um, so as we're yeah. going to talk about next stop and brews beers, but I want to look into 2020. I think we're all seeing pretty clearly right now, it's really what does the market bear as, as these brands have grown together. Um, Bruce Beer is fairly young. You're three-year anniversary. Three years old. Yeah, three years old. Uh, a little over two. Little, we,
18: yeah, two, little, and over two
3: and a half. A little over two and a and a half years old. The Modern Eater show. Mm-hmm. We all kind of growing up together, and the these are the years of where we're really looking into clarity. So I want to look into that crystal ball in this next segment, and see what's on the horizon for 2020 and what you guys are most excited about in the beer world. I think that's kind of cool. Okay, Charlie Kenny, Andrew Moore, Jay Parker here alongside of us. And uh, we'll take a break. We'll come right back. Boozing the news is next on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio.
7: Choose your path through Cyberland.
1: Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search the Modern Eater or check out the website
8: or your regular menu items. Join the organic revolution and go organic with Growers Organic. Look us up online at GrowersOrganic.com.
2: Hey, chef friends, it's Little Rich here from Roccalita's Tortillas. Roccalita's, known for hyper-local, innovative, and healthy tortillas and chips, served by Colorado's top chefs, and that's why we only use Colorado Mills sunflower oil. If you, too, want to serve the healthiest, most vibrant-tasting foods, you must use Colorado Mills. Colorado Mills is hyper-local, Colorado-grown, cold-pressed in Lamar, Colorado. Whether you bake, fry, or saute, get your Colorado Mills today. Available through Shamrock, Growers Organic, and Don Foods. For the best oil in the business, use Colorado Mills.
1: Now it's time for the Modern Eater's Booze in the News segment.
8: I like my beer cold, my meat grilled, and my entertainment explosive. All we need is a a chair and and a cooler beer.
1: Here's your Booze
8: News.
3: All right, we're going to do booze news here in just a second, all the booze news you can use on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. But in the business, they call it a make good, and we're doing a make good right now, Aspen Baking <laughs> Company, a new sponsor of the Modern Eater Show, and we couldn't be happier than that. And Jeff Nations and the gals there, uh, Hollis and Cody Ann, and the whole team, and they have a great team. But, Richie, you were over in the corner doing great little rich magic, and we were unable to get it on the air, but we're going to do it right now.
2: So I crunched up all that the from the other brands for mm. nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, Aspen Baking, Jeff and I go way back. He's new to the show, but definitely not new to Colorado and not new to the top chefs on delivering the top bread that they can find. That's it? The,
3: uh, well, the, I'm just kind of. They offer so much. I mean, fresh to. Here's the deal. When it comes to bread, sandwiches, dinner tip, everything starts with bread for me. If you have a sandwich, you got to have delicious bread with that and no doubt that aspen baking is doing such great things with their bread but they also have a grab and go deliver or service mm-hmm. they'll deliver to you whether it's your office and and you do a uh, a luncheon at your office or an office party or you have um, just like the guys down there at the uh Hyatt oh. regency downtown you can do their grabs and, grab and goes and uh cody ann locator she's doing great work to get involved with that so and
0: those those grab-and-go boxes that they deliver are also they're they're fully furnished, right? So it has your sandwich on their delicious bread. They've got a piece of fruit in there, a drink, and then a little treat. So it's not just you know it's not just a bag of bread and here you go. They they give you the whole package.
2: Now Jay, have you ever had one of their croissants? Yes. Their croissants are like the size of the head of like a, a small farm animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and delicious. Uh, and, and butter. Uh, if you're vegan, you probably don't want to go there. But, yeah. oh, my God, is that great. That The croissant's awesome.
3: Bread, artisans, and pastries, uh, aspenbaking.com. If you want the best and the best and you care about local products that uh, have all of the things that you would care for with slow-proofing, tr- uh, trans fats, and preservatives free traditional products these guys uh, there's none better you can go online at aspenbaking.com and fill out a a quick little questionnaire and put yourself in for delivery service they're going to do all next day stuff for you and get on their list to be able to provide these things for you and uh, any of your baking needs so aspenbaking and aspenbaking.com thank you rich that's aspen baking company back to the guys here charlie gottencanny and andrew moore uh, Bruised Beer is an Intrepid Sojourner beer project. I've set this up before the break, but 2020, we're coming into an interesting age, and especially when you see beer and breweries in Colorado to where the growth really, I think, hit a threshold um, to Colorado that the best of the best is figuring itself out and your breweries and and what your game plans are going to be with that. We'll start with Andrew, what are you gonna be seeing in 2020 uh, just through your lens of, uh, you know, host of beer craft that happens right here on Mondays at four o'clock on the Modern Eater Network as a guy that's um, hosting a show and, and you get to talk to a lot of breweries and brewers. What are you seeing in the climate of beer these days, craft beer?
18: Yeah, so I think, I mean, a lot of breweries are looking at taproom locations and multiple taproom locations um, and sort of, and, and looking at that, at, at going into a neighborhood and, and being a local brewery. And I think, you know, the big thing is, uh, you know, I don't know if there's too many breweries. I, I, I think that's kind of a... That
3: is that antiquated?
18: Yeah, it's, it's not really a great statistic, right? It's like, nobody says, oh, there's too many restaurants, right? And restaurants open and close all the time. Um, or too many wineries or something like that. I think, but as a, like the nature of the competition is changing. So it becomes well, you- more like running, a tap, like running a tap room becomes more like running a restaurant, right? Like the service matters, the experience matters right? Definitely.
3: Uh, the product matters, right? The, so are the, well, we the, the product thing? matters, yeah.
18: but you also can't, like, it's not enough to just make a great product and open a taproom where you've got, like, old grain bags stapled to the wall, right? You've got, I mean... The novelty is and, gone. Yeah. The, no- the, the, the novelty, novelty of, gone. like, that lumberjack chic is, is gone, and uh, now you have to, you just have to up your game. You've got to advertise, you've got to market, you've got to create also, an
0: experience for people. There's also a lot more, at least in my opinion, there's a lot more attention on breweries uh, here in Colorado because it. It's the boom, it's the craft beer boom versus restaurants. Like you say, restaurants open and close all the time, and people don't really talk about it as much as they do breweries opening and closing, and I think it's just an attention-based thing to where well, beer is so hot it, right? that they, like, they micro-examine every aspect
18: of it. For like four years in the state, we only had two breweries closed, and this year we've had like 10 or 11 closed yeah. already, um, and we've still got you know four and a half months to go um so it's also just something that people aren't used to but it happens in a mature market and it's going to continue to happen with breweries
3: charlie i value your opinion go ahead
7: well you know for years i've thought you're going to see a shakeout in in the industry you've got a lot of breweries in there um you've got a, you know just so many people who are craft beer aficionados and as they spread it out among more breweries uh you're going to have to do some things to attract people and keep them coming back and one of the things that that we know, and I know Andrew's experienced the same thing, you've always got to be coming up with new and different stuff. And there are a kabillion styles of beer in the world, so one of the reasons we chose Belgian beer to go forward with is, you know, there's like 800 beers made in Belgium, so you're not going to run out of stuff to brew by any means. And, um, you know, we're one of the few Belgian-style breweries in the city, So. You know, that, that helps us a lot. You get a lot of people that like Belgian beers, and they'll come to where they can get, get good examples of them.
3: How do you know when a brewery has stuck? They're not going anywhere. Mm. How do you know? Do you have to look inside the books? Do you oh. really have to see deep inside the business? Or is it just like they have a good contingency, they have great beer, their location's good, they're not going anywhere? How do you know? Yeah. Is there a way?
18: Uh, I mean, I, I guess my initial reaction would be to say you don't you don't know right um, you have n- from a business standpoint re- regardless of how full the tap room is right you have no idea what's going on like you said with their books with their debt load with their investors with their partnership you have you never have any
0: idea you see it when somebody closes down that you thought was that's been in business yeah. for 20 years and, and you, you thought see, 20 I mean, more
18: you see big breweries now who have been distributing in 20 or 30 or 40 states plus states and suddenly they're may having to make these radical right hand turns to stay relevant um, and, to, and to continue to grow and, and continue. So I, I don't know, yeah. you know, breweries that we thought were safe are suddenly not safe. And I mean, I would think yep. that probably in the next year or so, you're going to see at least one of the really big All guys right, that you safe I want to continue away.
3: this conversation. We should have it on Beer Craft and on uh, Monday if we could do that. But we'll be back next week with the modern.